Hi everyone, welcome to Soul Worthy Love. I am your host, Renzi. I am joined by Dr. Lise, a human potential expert and leader who is going to bring insights to everything you need to know about love, dating, and relationships. We are so inspired and excited to present you with the knowledge that will get you to live a more alive and fulfilling love life with a lot less drama. Soul Worthy Love is going to debunk myths that have gotten people scared of love when it's actually the safest thing in the world. Whether you are aware of it or not, love is truly what makes you feel the happiest. Love of yourself, others, and your life. That's what's going to make you feel like you are living heaven on earth. We are going to bring you down to earth with ways of understanding and living love that will make you feel empowered so you can make wiser choices. Welcome to Soul Worthy Love. Hi guys, today we're back with the Soul Worthy Love podcast. Today I'm filling in for Renzi. My name is Calvin Nan, and uh, we're talking to Dr. Lise. And today, I guess we're talking about a concept that has been debated quite often um, in the men and women uh, fields. And we're really talking about whether or not there's someone special out there for you. And I feel like it's very difficult to approach the concept of being ready and open for love without really touching on the subject of soulmates. So uh, I guess we'll just dive right in, Dr. Lisa, if that's totally cool with you, and um, ask you, how do you feel about soulmates? Yes, soulmates. First of all, I want to, uh, I just want to acknowledge we're having Calvin, which is a man who's going to be uh, working with us. The idea for us is to have men and women asking us questions so that we can have, whether you're straight or gay, uh, or you want to call yourself they or whatever, you know, at the basic, just to keep it simple, we're going to use men and women. And uh, love is a principle that happens for everybody. So, and a soulmate is something that can happen to anyone. And I don't believe personally, because all my work is really spiritually based and my my idea of spirit, spirituality is unconditional love. So it's not based on any religion. And what is a soulmate? Is someone that you can connect with in your heart that allows you to connect to your own soul. <laughs> so is there only one soulmate? I don't believe so. I think that often what people think as a soulmate is actually someone they are infatuated with. When you have this intense feeling, this intense need to be with that person that occupies all your time and consciousness, that is not a soulmate. Actually, a soulmate would be someone that allows you to connect to your own heart, to allow you to know who you are, why you're here, gives you the place within yourself to to take the time to do what's good for you so you can fully express your essence in the world. And the difference between someone you, who is your soulmate and someone who you are infatuated with is that when you are with your soulmate, it's quiet. When you are infatuated with someone, a person you think is your soulmate, it's so intense. It takes over your whole being you will feel it as constriction. And that's what something I find super interesting is we can actually use our body as kind of a, a mirror to uh, show us whether or not we are in our heart. So um, everybody right now, you can take a moment, think of someone you truly love that you've loved for many years. 
and feel where you feel that in your heart, in your heart, in your body, sorry. Where do you feel that? Where do you feel someone that you really love? Maybe a family member, some, someone you've known for more than three months or a year, someone who's been in your life for a long time. And where do you feel the sensations in your body? And, and Dr. Lee, just to be clear for our listeners, is this like, it can be anywhere in the body, doesn't doesn't have to be anywhere. specific. Right, exactly, but most of the people, if they stop and they feel love, they feel it in their heart. But think of someone that you've been infatuated with, someone you feel you can't live without, if you're just starting to date right now, someone you've been really infatuated with. Check your body and where do you feel that in your body? So I'm not sure about our listeners, but I feel like when I'm thinking of something like that, I feel it kind of like at the top of my chest, almost if it's, it's like it's weighing on me a little bit. Yeah, you're right. It's not, it's often chest, high, throat, the head. Uh, it might bring all kinds of super intense sensation in the body, but it's not going to be a quiet, peaceful feeling in the heart. And that's the difference. You, you can actually know the difference just by paying attention to your body. To be honest, I created the Soul Worthy Love program, um, which is an online program where you can have either just pure online or one-on-one -on -one or group. Like it's, it's a combination of whatever you're looking for as a Trojan horse to help people actually do the inner work so they can connect with their own heart so they can experience true love because it is impossible to find someone to love on the outside if you don't love who you are. Because when you don't love who you are, you feel disconnected and you will always feel alone. You will always feel like the person you're with is not the right person because you don't have an access to your own heart. So, a soulmate is someone that allows you to connect with your heart, with their heart. And because in our heart, our heart is our connection to our higher self, to our soul, to God, whatever you want to call it. So soulmates do exist, but not the way that Hollywood has presented it to us. Because that's infatuation. It's a drug. It's a high. It's super powerful. But it's also what destroys most relationships when people try to compare what they have to some crazy ideal that can only happen in a movie for an hour and a half or an Arlequin novel. So I guess, Dr. Lise, uh, for me, like I know that when if you are looking for love, it's, it's hard to identify something that you don't have yourself. It's like, if you're rooting around for, um, you're looking for a special flower, but you don't know what that flower looks like. So you also, you have to have that self-love to be able to identify what that means. And so when you see it, you can actually find that, hey, that's the thing that I'm, I'm looking for, as opposed to just kind of having a vague image or uh, at worst, the thing that Hollywood gives us. Yeah, what you're saying is really wise. Um, the way to enter the heart, there are love is not an emotion. I want to reiterate that I've mentioned this before, but love is not an emotion. 
Love is the essence of who we are. So each and every one of us, we have access to connecting with that essence if we choose to. And the easiest way to experience it is to uh, find gratitude. Gratitude is often a beautiful doorway that opens up the heart. The only thing that lives in the heart are love, gratitude, inspiration, and wisdom. Love, gratitude, inspiration, and wisdom. These are four states of being that connects us to that connect us to our higher self, to our soul. So the reason why people disconnect from their hearts is because when we're growing up, especially when we're growing up, anytime things are not done the way we think they should be done, we end up feeling hurt. And when we are hurt, we're experiencing emotions like anger, frustration, depression, resentment, sadness. All emotions are actually coming from the illusion of being unworthy of love. So the most important work to do to heal the connection to your heart is to find gratitude for who you are, what you do, and what you have in life. And it's almost impossible. When I do the mind-body work that I do with people, one of the first thing I check on everybody, and 99.99% of the time, most people are not congruent with the statement, I love myself. Why? Because as a child, even when, as soon as we are born off, and sometimes even in utero, we experience emotions where we start rejecting who we are. If as a baby, when you were born, you were put in a nursery and no matter how much you cried and called for your mom that you were connected in for nine months and you cry and cry and cry and nobody comes, you start already right there and then to create stories about your worth, about your ability to get what you want in life and how safe love is. Because that's when we start being afraid of love because when we can't get it, then we feel afraid and we feel afraid and it hurts. And all of these emotions end up being connected to. And the fast way out of this is to find gratitude. No matter how challenging a situation was, when you're able to see how each and every single challenge you've ever experienced was actually a blessing, you heal the connection to your heart and you experience love for who you are, what you do and what you have. It's super important for people to own the idea that the aim of a relationship is not to make you happy and they live happily ever after <laughs> or that the aim of a relationship is to make you miserable, which is often what happens, but that the aim of a relationship is to teach you how to love, how to love you, about love, and how to love another being. Because when you love, you feel happy. So yes, a relationship makes us happy, but not because, you know, we got a prince or a princess on the white horse that comes and takes all our boo-boos away. But because through the interaction, we learn about love. That's why often parents will tell you that the 
best thing they've ever done in life is having children. Why? Because it forces people to learn to love. And when you love, you feel happy. And it's love is so beautiful. It's an adventure. It grows. Like when you first meet someone, you think you love them. And then 10 months later, you know more about love. Two years, 10, 30 years later, what you know about love is transformed so much. And basically, what true love is all, allows us to do is it allows us to be ourselves. Love is wanting the best for another being while respecting our needs. So when you learn to do this, not as an intellectual concept, but as an actualized concept in everyday practice, one learns to gain wisdom. With the wisdom gets gratitude and inspiration and love and happiness. And that's why it's everybody should learn about love. We were never given uh, an instruction manual on how to love. That's what sent me on a quest to understand what love, because like many people, my parents, they were figuring it out as they were going. <laughs> and they didn't have a very good idea from what I could see. It was pretty stressful. So it sent me on a quest because I didn't want to settle. I wanted to have real love and I have <laughs> real love in my life. And it's an amazing gift. It's safe, it's round, it's fulfilling. It's like, it, it's a very beautiful, peaceful feeling. It's not intense, but it's, it's something that I would never exchange for anything else because it allows me to love me, allows me space to unfold my purpose in life, but it also allows me to love him and want the best for him and learn about him. And, and it's such an amazing feeling to be able to love and be loved so then dr lise i guess uh since we are on the topic of soulmates uh since there is such a disparity between what we think is soulmates and what you know the an actual soulmate is um do you have any tips on on maybe what we can run through to identify whether or not we are actually feeling love or are we just feeling infatuation or yeah in a nutshell to find your quote unquote soulmate, you need to find your best friends with chemistry. So think about your friends, the friends that you have in your life right now. How do you go about finding a best friend? How do you do it? How did you how do you find friends, Kelvin? Well, uh so. I think we had this commonality and like my best friend, me and him, we loved the specific genre of TV shows. And then we would just talk for hours and mm -hmm. it never felt like it was anything that was difficult or I had to force it. It was just flowing there. And sometimes we wouldn't even talk. We'd just be in the same room and just keep each other company. Mm -hmm. Do you trust him? Yeah, implicitly. So that you know that he would never willingly hurt you no no i i feel like he's he's got my best interests at heart mm -hmm. well just like that it's the same thing with finding a mate and and it's so important to know that because otherwise it's so sad the number of people who prevent themselves from going into a relationship because they are afraid but if i ask people are you afraid of finding 
or having a best friend, they always say no. But your mate, your quote, quote, soulmate is going to be that. So in a way, your friend, your best friend is a soulmate. Your friend mm -hmm. is allowing you to explore yourself while you're having a trip on planet Earth. Like, and for me, it's super important to, to own the fact that we are spiritual beings having a trip on planet Earth. And then when we start looking at life that way, we don't seek the same kind of goals. We, we look for bigger goals, things that inspire our heart, our connection to others and, and brings meaning into our life. So it might sound boring to people, but when you're young, we often think, oh, it's about having fun and doing all these things, which life is about having fun too, but it's also about finding meaning. And you're going to find meaning when you're able to connect into your own heart and ask yourself like, who am I? Why am I here? Where do I come from? Where am I going? And so a best friend allows you to do this, allows you to explore that. And then you have a mate, like you can have a pad mate, you can have a roommate, well, you can have a life mate. And your mate, your soul mate allows you to explore you, allows you to explore love because I, I really believe that a romantic relationship is a spiritual evolutionary tool. Why do I say that? Mm -hmm. Because when you look at the people in your family, you love them and their family, you will always love them. But when you end up in a romantic relationship, you up the ante because you're being asked to love with all your heart, knowing that it might end one day. So how do I navigate being in a relationship, having my heart fully open, knowing that, you know, we never know what can happen. Sometimes there's a breakup, but people get sick, you know, all of a sudden you end up with someone who's paralyzed and you have to take care of them. Or, you know, the person you live with um, dies. Like, how do you live life having your heart fully open? knowing that it might end. And that is what is beautiful about love because love is, is not something conditional that you're afraid of losing. When you love, when you open your heart, that's when you feel safe. Like I have had clients who have like a child who's like severely autistic, which when mm -hmm. you're on the outside, it looks so painful. You think, oh my goodness, how could I have you know, this challenge and face this challenge of having a child who's autistic. But the parents who truly love their, their child, they open their heart even bigger and they experience even more love. I think yeah. that's such a great way to look at that because I know that's just between the group of friends I have or, or coworkers, a, a topic that we had was um, when we, everyone got to that age where people were just getting engaged was they were afraid like what if I pick the wrong one but then if you say like hey like I'm gonna go find a best friend and so I really like that you brought that up because when we say like oh I'm gonna go find a best friend they're they are so okay with that and there's no risk they just want to find someone who they enjoy being with genuinely and then but then as soon as you like you said up the ante there's like this risk involved and now they're like oh no like what if I pick wrong? What if I choose wrong? 
Yeah. In in a in a previous podcast, I talk about the uh, the happy relationship checklist. You can actually download it; it's free. If you haven't heard uh, the previous previous podcast, it's called happyrelationshipchecklist.com. You can download it, and there are basically five points that you can go after to make sure that you know the person you're with is solid. Then after that, it's all about the commitment to making it work. So quickly, not you can download it and listen to previous podcasts. But the first one is be with someone who wants to be with you. That makes sense, but you'd be surprised the number of people who go after <laughs> people that don't want to be with them. That makes it actually more enticing, you know, the chase. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's our responsibility to only give our heart to someone who's gonna cherish it. It do not give your heart to someone who's mean. And sometimes it might take, you know, a while to discover, especially people end up with someone who's got a narcissistic personality disorder, because at first they are sweet as honey, but mm-hmm. then once they feel they got you, then that's when they start subtly starting to attack you and decrease your self-worth. So the way to avoid this is to actually see how do they treat other, their other friends, Are they there with their family? How do they speak about their exes? Don't be fooled when we meet someone. We often want to only keep the rose-colored glasses on and only see what's good. When you truly love someone, it's it's like the yin and the yang. That's why it's in our logo, the yin and the yang, the light and the dark. When you truly love someone, you know both their light side and their dark side, and you embrace them both. But when we first meet someone, we often want to only see the light side because especially if we're desperate, if we are desperate, we need someone to save us. We need a prince or a princess to make everything okay. So the more desperate you are in your life, the more miserable you are in your life, the more likely you're going to keep the rose colored glasses on and, and miss the cues that maybe this person is not so nice. Maybe this person is not the kind of person I want to give my heart to. So Check how they treat other people. What's their track record? Number three, someone who have similar core values like you. You started with your best friend because of TV show that you had lots of things to talk about. And that's mm-hmm. fun because, you know, you can, there's layers on their layers of stuff that you can connect with and backgrounds. And that makes it very interesting. So I'm sure you have other connection with your best friend. Um, core values for me that are important to have in my relationship is I want someone I can speak with about everything, just like you did with your friend. That's super important um, to be able to with, to be with someone who's going to allow me to keep learning and growing because they're interested in learning and growing and expanding themselves. That makes it exciting for me. For me, it's someone who's into being healthy, who wants to keep, you know, rocking when they're 80 years old (laughs) (laughs) i i want someone who's loyal i want someone who lives in integrity and honesty that that those were core values that were super important for me Mm -hmm. number four someone who understands that all relationships are going to face challenges and only through facing the challenges can you have a truly solid relationship. If you're with someone who, when they're going get stuff, they go running, that person is going to be alone for the rest of their life because it's impossible to have relationships and not have challenges. Why? Because 
you have challenges with your own self. <laughs> you need to have that resilience. No, I, I see that. There, it's like you cannot agree with yourself all the time. So how can we always agree with our mates? So we need to find ways of facing what's there and using the challenges to grow more in love. And number five, a good sexual connection, whatever that means for the, the couple, because some couples are highly sexual together, but that's usually, especially in the beginning when you first meet and you're, that's the only glue that can keep the relationship together. And as you feel safer, the need for the intensity of the sexual connection decreases and balances, becomes more normal and balanced. But I have had clients who didn't have much of a need for sexual life. They love hugging and kissing, but that's the extent of what they wanted. And they were really happy together. Uh -huh. Although what I have found, when I do the mind-body work with people, if I check uh, any subconscious belief on I can have a loving relationship, we can fix that, and then I, we can, I can have a great sexual life, I can fix that. But most people... If I check, I can have a great relationship and a great sex life. Most people have a problem with that. It's like the ultimate frontier. It's what scares the most people. And I think often people end up connecting, being a soulmate with someone that you have this intense sexual connection that transcend um, everything that's happening. It's so funny. I used to... <laughs> mm -hmm. I used to date a guy who called himself an atheist, but whenever he had an orgasm, he would call, oh, God, oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's often when people think, you know, they met their soulmate, but um, that it's totally different uh, scenario. When you, when you have a really beautiful heart connection, the need to feel safe through intense sex is not there. So the sexuality changes and it's, it's beautiful, but it's not the same like 50 shades of gray where everything is all about, you know, this intense sexual high, which mm -hmm. is fun, but it's not sustainable. I, I can guarantee you from all the clients I've met in my own life that if you have a high sexual connection that role, that rules your relationship, it is the most important thing. That's usually because there's a lot of fears that the other aspects are not there. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for a soulmate and you have these five points, can you see that if you go for someone who wants to be with you, who has a track record of being a good friend, and you have similar core values, and you're both educated to making it work, and you have a good chemistry together, it's pretty safe. And what's going to make it work after that is a commitment. Mm -hmm. That's why commitment is important. Look in your career life. Have you ever been successful at a career where you were not committed? No, it's it's almost like a kind of the the basics. You need to start out with being committed to your job before you're actually good at it. Exactly. And through the commitment, you become really good at it. You get reward, you get appreciation, you grow up the ladder, there's more fulfillment, but it's the commitment that makes it work. And it's the same thing with a relationship. And I, I was speaking with a man once and it was really interesting because he was a handsome guy and he had lots of girls, friend, but he realized, he said, I realized that what I needed was a woman I could live with. 
And that's mm -hmm. a different story than having girl friends. And that's a special bond that being loyal to brings a commitment that brings intimacy. To have intimacy, you need to be able to feel vulnerable, to be open and raw. And that only comes with feeling safe. Mm -hmm. And and that's a beautiful thing to look for. People are afraid of being vulnerable because what if I'm vulnerable, I open my heart and then dump me, then it's going to hurt. Well, actually, if you're with someone, you know, fits the five criteria as we talked about before, the more vulnerable you make yourself, the more they're going to treat you with, you know, kindness and, and love and gentleness. It's when we act like, oh, I don't need you. Um, I'm tough. That's when you're going to lose the person. So you may have heard the expression, what you, what you fear comes near. So when people are afraid of opening themselves into a relationship, they create all kinds of emotions that scramble the soul connection between two people. It's important for us to be able to have true intimacy, to be able to be vulnerable. And that comes with choosing a best friend and to having commitment. So pick a person that you feel is gonna be committed to making it work because it's the same thing as having children. Mm -hmm. You don't send back your kid to the hospital after they're born if they're crying all night and they have colds. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'd like a replacement, please. This one's defective. <laughs> this one is damaged. We don't want this one. So like when you committed to your child, you find solution, then you make it work. And it's the same thing with a relationship. When you have the good base, you know, the good bones to a, a relationship, after that is the commitment. Look in your life. Anything that's worth your while, anything that has a value to you, you've been committed to. And when something, you know, you buy something for $5 and well, if you lose it, it's okay. It's not a big deal. I just but get another one. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> if you save and you buy yourself a condo and somebody was trying to take it away from you, that would, you know, would be more challenging because You've been committed for a long time to making it happen. Apparently, something very interesting, parents listening, is that um, kids who pay for their own cars have less accidents than the ones who are given a car. The so concept holds the true. It holds true. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I highly recommend if you want to give some money to your child, you got to get them to match how much they're putting into the into the equation because that's going to make it have value. When something has value for us, we pay attention to it. So Dr. Elise, a, just to move on to just a slightly adjacent question. You, you said that like everything that has is worthwhile, uh, we've been very committed to, to be able to get. Now, um, sort of in the same vein, uh, there's a lot of people that out there that think that something that's worth having needs to be difficult. And then, so when people find something that they have to work for, um, this, like, how do you feel that works into the, our whole love experience and, yeah, and the way that we perceive a, that, it? That's a really good question. Um, 
like people who go for people who told them right off the bat, I'm not into being in a relationship right now. I just broke up with someone. I don't want to be yeah. in a relationship. And then people who just say, okay, I'm just going to stick around. I'm going to make them love me. Uh, that's a big, big, big X in my life. Put a big X on that. Do not go there. That's going to consume you because it's all about creating a balance. If you look at your overall life, you have the spiritual aspect, the familial, the career, the financial, the social, the physical, the spiritual, uh, the, um, your environment and your mental aspect of your life. These are all the environments that we navigate through. And when you're in a relationship that's so tumultuous that you, know, you end up using 60% of your energy just to keep it alive, all the other areas of your life end up suffering. That's why... I created the happy relationship checklist because if you're single right now, if you go after this, you're not going to be wasting all your energy trying to keep alive something that's a dud. Mm -hmm. You're better off letting it go so that you can, that's why I say the inner relationship is to teach you how, how to love, how to love you, how to love another being about love, because when you love, you feel happy because if you go after a dog just because they look good, they smell good, and you have great sex with, but they're so tumultuous that you don't end up having time for all the other areas of your life, you're not loving who you are. You're disconnecting from your heart. You're not aware of your purpose in life. You feel empty. And it's, it's a really uh, depressing uh, way of living. I, I speak about two ways of living life. As, as human beings, we have two possible ways of living. One is the unconscious, the sleep and fantile stage, which I, which I call stage one. Everybody gets to stage one. And then there's the awakened, mature, conscious stage two of living life. Mm -hmm. And stage one is kind of the boot camp. I call it also hell on earth. <laughs> And stage two, I call heaven honor. So when we are in a tumultuous relationship, it gets us stuck in stage one, where we're just trying to keep afloat, keep our head above water. It's like, if you are constantly being tortured by your relationship, then you don't have energy for your career because your career is not going well. You don't get the promotions you want. Financially, you suffer. Your car breaks down. You don't have money to fix it. Like All of these things get impacted if you don't understand what love is all about. But when you go and transition into stage two, which is the conscious, awakened, mature stage of, of life, you're creating heaven on earth. So heaven on earth, soulmate, all of these things, they all go together. When you find a partner you can be committed to, you're on the same wavelength, you have similar core values, you're both dedicated to creating an amazing life, you can create heaven on earth. That's who you want as your partner. You want someone who's dedicated to live their best version of themselves with you. And that's exciting. So everybody that's listening to this, whether you're in a relationship already, if you're in a relationship, look at those five points. Are you connecting? Are you able to be with your best friend? And if not, can you consciously change some patterns? 
one of my clients this week, she she's doing the Soul Worthy Love program and she's been married for I think 25 years. And she says, you know what I realize when I speak with my husband, I'm not as nice as I am to my friends or my kids. I kind of take him <laughs> for granted. <laughs> and she says, you know, I'm going to have a conversation with him to see, because she says, I realize he does the same thing with me. So we got into this pattern where instead of trying to make ourselves feel good about each other, we're kind of competing with each other. And I want to change. And it's like, wow, this is cool already. So whether you're single or whether you're in a relationship, strive to you know, be with your best friend with chemistry. And if you get to the point where you realize this is not working, I better you know, learn from this, be grateful for the experience. But as an act of love for myself, and my partner, I'm going to go and find something else. It is an act of love not to stay in a relationship that's not good for our hearts. Mm -hmm. I have one client right now. His wife is, has zero interest in spending time with him. And he wants her to spend time with him, but she's too busy with all the other things she wants to do. And he's not high on her value list. Mm -hmm. Well, he stresses her out when he's asking her to spend time with him. So it's not loving of himself. It's not And it's not loving of his wife to try to change her into wanting to spend time with him. And that's what I know it sounds like, wow, what, wow, what are you talking about? Like, uh -huh. if you've been with someone for like 25, 30 years and you get to the place where you just know, you know, we can be friends, but we're not husband and wives anymore. That might be time to go. The commitment has been done to learn to love as much as we can. But once you get to the point where, okay, this is, this is not going to fulfill either one of us, we better, out of love, move on. That's why I am convinced we can love someone for the rest of our life. We can have a commitment to making it work. But at some point, if it's not working for people in the relationship as an act of love, it's time to let it go. It, it sounds counterintuitive, but it's just like, it's not. You, you leave because of love. Exactly. Because we talked about this before in an earlier podcast. There's a difference between needing someone and loving someone. And often couples end up staying together because they've been together for so long and they just got into a routine and they can learn to reignite that. You don't, it's not because the flame, you know, got really small and it's dead. You can reignite the flame and make it very big. But if one of the partner is not interested in doing this, then uh, maybe it's time to go. Or sometimes you just realize, like I had, I, I read this story with this woman, she loved her husband, but her husband all of a sudden decided that he wanted to be a monk and he wanted to leave and live in a, in a monastery. Mm -hmm. as she loved him she had to let him go but if you need him you want him to stay now the reason why couples stay together often is for the kids or it's for money people don't want to lose half their assets well just realize if you lose half your assets because you're splitting with your partner you're going to find another partner who has assets as well so don't be afraid of leaving because of money that's mm -hmm. not a reason to stay together and don't stay because you don't think you'll ever be able to find love anyway, because that's giving up on yourself. That's not loving who you are. 
every single one of us is worthy of love. We just need to connect with our heart and want to give ourselves the best life possible. This is how finding your soulmate is going to start. You want to give yourself the best life possible. You are invested in growing yourself, your connection to your heart, finding fulfillment, and to find a life mate that wants the same thing. Because I can guarantee you 100%, two miserable people together won't feel happy. You won't have your soulmate. They're just going to be a bigger, miserable person. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> a bigger, miserable entity for uh -huh. sure. And if one partner is the happy partner and the other one is always down and not, never trying to pull themselves out of it, that's not fun either. Mm -hmm. And the most challenging happens when two people who are happy together most of the time, they end up losing, like, let's say uh, your child dies. Those are huge challenges that can happen. But that doesn't mean that you're not meant to be together anymore. So, like true love is like the sun and emotions are like the clouds. And it's easy on a cloudy day to think that there is no love, but love is still there. So you can be going through a big challenge together. Maybe you lost, you know, someone you love, and then it's it's challenging. But through the commitment of making it work, you can find, you know, the connection to your heart, to your soul, and the connection to your partner. That's, we should put that on a T-shirt. That that would be very great. <laughs> Well, uh, Dr. Lise, uh, that really answered my question. So thank you so much. It was my pleasure. I love I love connecting with you. You're really uh, insightful. I love your questions. And <laughs> it's nice to have a man because I know men and women have different questions, whether you're straight or gay. We all have a tendency to have more one towards the feminine, more towards the masculine energy within ourselves. And that's part of loving who we are is honoring our questions, are honoring our heart's desires so we can connect with our heart, so we can connect with our soul, so we can have our soul mates. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Good. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to Soul Worthy Love. Uh, I've been Calvin, and this has been the amazing Dr. Lise Janelle. Uh, we'll see you again um, on our next episode.